Hello and welcome to another live edition of the Empire of the Cop podcast. With us here today, we have our very own Peter Kenny Jones, the Liverpool Echoes, Kiefer McDonald, and of course, I'll be your host, Farrell Keeling, dissecting that god awful 4 1 defeat in Naples. Um, I think it's not often that we get to say this, uh, Kiefer, but you know, Napoli absolutely deserved the result they got um, at the uh, Stadio Armando Diego Maradona, um, which, again, as I say, is, is a very rare occurrence when you can say Liverpool just provided very, very little in the way of fight, much until the second half. And even then, by Liverpool standards, you know, expectations very much fell short. Yeah, I mean, obviously, Napoli's not been a happy hunting ground, has it, under Jurgen Klopp in, in recent years. I think everyone, you know, kind of knew that it'd be, you know, a difficult game. And, you know, given the circumstances that we you know, been playing nowhere near our best. If you kind of compare the last two visits there, you know, obviously been, you know, 2018-19, uh, obviously made a flying start to the league and then 19-20, uh, obviously, you know, again, a really strong start to the league and, and we still struggled there. So you thought this could, you know, this probably be the hardest of the, the three away trips, just kind of given everything that, you know, Naples stands for, obviously the, the ground and the crowd and, and everything like that. And then obviously if you, you throw kind of Liverpool's form in, in the early seven games of the season, whatever it's been so far, you, you know, it just made for, you know, f- I'd struggle to think of, you know, worse nights during, during Klopp's tenure over, what, the last seven years. It was just, you know, really disappointing. I, I mean, at half-time, I think there was seven or eight big chances Napoli had. And I think, you know, we were lucky that it was only 4-0 in the end. It could have easily been 5, 6 or 7. And that could have only, that could have been in the first half, really. You know, there was just, I think, the concerns that everyone had bubbling up to the game, you know. I mean, the, the derby, obviously, say what you want about that. You know, Goodison's always a hard place to go. And, and kind of Klopp's record speaks for itself there. But... Um, you know, the Newcastle game felt like, you know, papering over the cracks, you know, so did the Bournemouth game, if you kind of put that into kind of wider context. And then, you know, it just kind of felt like it had been bubbling away and there has been cracks and, you know, obviously not helped by injuries and, and kind of the tactical shifts that we've kind of seen this season. Obviously, you know, Darwin Nunes coming back, it's a different way of playing. But yeah, it was just a, a really, really, you know, an, an annoying night. And, you know, I think we said it beforehand, didn't we, just before coming on air that we, you couldn't really be too angry at it because you could see it coming from a mile off and, you know, hopefully it's one of those where sometimes it, it, you know, sometimes it has to get worse to get better. And, and you know, we saw Klopp say after the game last night that you know Liverpool can need to reinvent themselves and, and kind of whatever that is, whether it's a, a you know sticking with a four three three but changing you know personnel or whatever, or whether that's going to a four two three one. Um, you know, hopefully this this is kind of as low as it will get. And, and you know, it's only seven games into the season, so the season is you know salvage, salvageable. You know, it's not like. You know, uh, when, like you know, the other year when we had the centre back crisis, we're not in January. You know, there's, I know the transfer window's closed, but there is still time to fix it on the training pitch. And yeah, it's just one of those. Obviously, you've got a game on Saturday against uh, Wolves. Obviously, then the Ajax game, and then Chelsea, and then the international break. So you know, if Liverpool can get you know a couple of positive results um, in in the next kind of ten days or so, and then you know in, after the international break, you're looking at a few few members of the squad coming back. And, you know, Jordan Henderson, Canarsie, um and you know whoever else has kind of been been injured. Um, you know, hopefully Calvin Ramsey is maybe in contention. Um, you know, that would that I think that would certainly help Trent. But yeah, I mean, it, it has to only get better for this. I don't think it can get can get much worse. No, absolutely. You'd hope not. Um, but um, we'll get on to the injuries that Kiefer's uh, rightly sort of brought up there. But I mean, I mean, Pete, we're looking at a sort of a performance that you know was abjectly poor across all departments of the pitch. You can only realistically say Harvey Elliott, Alison Becker. And uh, Luis Diaz, up until, of course, Thiago Alcantara's entry into the game, they were the standout performers. And realistically, you don't want to be heading into the Champions League and going, we're only going to have three, maybe four players that are going to perform vaguely to the standard we've come to expect, let alone a standard 
close to that which we uh, were witnessing last term when Liverpool were going for a historic quadruple and fell short ultimately by uh, two games, uh, sadly, as it turned out. Um, but I, I suppose my, my question to you is how much longer can we sort of expect this to go on after Napoli? Um, are you expecting that kind of instant reaction, you know, work on the training ground, as, as Kiefer noted? Yeah, I think we, well, I'm sure we most of us have seen what Klopp said afterwards, uh, as Kiefer touched on, we need to reinvent ourselves and that's, well, it's half positive because it shows that Klopp knows there's a problem and there's something to address, but you know, it's worrying to hear that, you know, the first week of September of a new season and we need to reinvent ourselves, you know, the transfer window's shut. So it's all going to be on the training ground. I think a lot of people have pointed towards that you know, Liverpool do work better when we have two games a week. We go straight from you know, Wednesday, Saturday, whatever, just keep keep it flowing and we seem to maybe pick up less injuries because I don't know what they do in training, but we just seem to read drop on like flies at the moment. You know, it's it's hard to know how long it's gonna last. You know, we we've still only lost four games of it this this whole calendar year. So trust me it could be a lot worse. We're speaking to whatever Tony in this morning. They said they they'd happily swap places with us. So, you know, there does need to be a little bit of context on it. Maybe this is the result we needed in terms of the fact that we haven't been doing great but we've been picking up draws and obviously the United game wasn't great but you know we got a goal back and stuff like that. It's it's been not great, and maybe we haven't been punished as much, but last night was, was very bad. I think it's the worst that we've seen under Klopp, and that means that your attention turns now. What do we do next? And you know, I can't tell you how long it's going to last, unfortunately, but why not at Anfield? We don't lose there very often. Fingers crossed, touch woods, cross everything. And, you know, let's play Wolves, and maybe another 9 nil will help ease everyone's pains a bit. No, it's the perfect place to show a reaction after that game. But um, I mean, I, I really want to sort of touch on, um, and we've already touched on to a certain degree, what's sort of going wrong with Liverpool. Keefe, you rightly mentioned the injuries and, you know, there were some, and there are some significant names that remain out. You know, prime amongst them was, of course, Diago Alcantara. And Liverpool did look perhaps not sig- significantly better um, in Naples, but uh, certainly the midfield looked at least had a bit more sort of control, a bit more sort of impetus, a bit more just generally about it. You know, it's been the one area this season when everyone sort of pointed the fingers at and gone, you know, there's just not much of the grit or determination coming from an area of the park where there should be that as an absolute minimum. Um, So I suppose for you in mind, is the problem sort of mainly the injuries for you in terms of where Liverpool are going wrong this season? I mean, it's... I mean, you could, there's so many injuries, you know what I mean? It's, it's kind of hard to, to tell. And, but I, th- I think, obviously, that's the obvious caveat, isn't it, with Liverpool's performances? And that's that's kind of not taken away from Napoli's performance last night. But, I mean, for starters, obviously, you've got to look at kind of Trent and how he's played in recent weeks. And, and you think, you know, the relationship he's built with, you know, Jordan Henderson on that right-hand side in, in recent years, you know, um, you know, you know, obviously, he has been caught out, you know, during the early weeks of the season. Um, you know, teams have been targeting him. Um, but, you know, if, if someone like Jordan Henderson... You know who who hasn't played on the right as much this this season, obviously because Elliot's been playing, and and obviously that's due to the balance of the, the team that obviously Henderson's had to play that Thiago role on the left, and I think that has let left um, Trent exposed. So obviously that's that's a prime example there, and I mean obviously there's other factors. I think you know Trent, I do feel sorry for him. I think he just looks absolutely knackered, and you know obviously that's not injuries, but you know it's very close to, to being one. He, he's probably suffering from burnout, and obviously with, with Ramsey not playing, that's. You know what? What other options does Klopp have really? I mean, obviously Milner, Milner played there in a derby, but I, I don't think anyone would really want to see that or be, be comfortable with seeing that, to be honest. So you, you know, 
how does he solve that one until Ramsey's back, which is, you know, you're looking at three weeks. I, I don't know. Does he just keep persisting with Trent, knowing that he's going to get targeted? But, you know, hopefully that kind of midfield offers a bit more protection, you know, when they're all back. I mean, obviously Klopp said, didn't he, in his post-match interview, well, his, his post-game one with BC, that he, he said until Thiago came, there was, there was no counter-pressing. And I know he only played, you know, less than half an hour, but, you know, the difference in, in kind of Liverpool's... Uh, the difference. I mean, obviously they were they were they were throwing the towel at it. You know, they were they were they were going gung ho. But just Thiago's ability to win the ball back. You know, with 50, 50 challenges, even 70, 30 challenges, and, and he sets Liverpool on the break. It just feels like there's there's uh, more control in midfield when he's there, and and obviously when he does win the ball back, he's able to you know set people away. And uh, I mean, obviously you know everyone knows how good he is, and, and obviously a big caveat of his Liverpool career is when he hasn't you know been able to stay fit, kind of when it matters the most, which is. Obviously, really frustrating, but I think last night was was a prime example of, of just how good how good he is and and how important he is to this side. I mean, the, again, there's probably an element of Napoli taking their foot off the gas, you know, being four one up with with 25 minutes left. But you know, for Thiago to, to to come on and you know he's he only trained on on Monday. I think people forget that that was his first day back training. So he's had two days training. You know, he's travelled to Naples and and he's putting in that kind of performance, which was, you know. Not taking any digs at anyone out in the midfield. I mean, I think Harvey Elliott's been absolutely brilliant this year, but I think last night was the first time his, his age has probably shown and, you know, he's kind of tactical, you know, that he's maybe not up to that, which is absolutely fine because he's only played, you know, I think I looked at last night, I think he's only started, you know, in midfield 12 times, you know, so there's only a role that he's kind of taken up in the last, you know, 13, 14 months. So for him to to, to maybe have a few flaws in his game, you know, off the ball is 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 nothing to worry about and, and nothing that, you know, is, is going to, you, you wouldn't imagine it's going to be something that, you know, halts his career. So it'll, it'll kind of steady itself out. You know, at the minute, he's, he's, he's you know, he's, I think he started all the games bar, bar Fulham. Um, and, and even then he came on as a sub. So there's hardly been any time for him to do much learning. So you'd hope once Iago comes back, you'd hope when Henderson comes back and, you know, there's, there's, there's maybe he can learn off them. And, and obviously that balance in the field is probably restored to, to what it was in a healthy balance. You know, there's just going to be more cohesion within, within the side. But yeah, I think obviously... You know, don't want to blame it all on injuries, but it's, it's kind of hard to look anywhere else. And I think as well, when you once you've got one, you only have so many key players missing, and you know, obviously it's still a fantastic Liverpool squad, but you know, it's hard to then look at other areas and identify where the problems is. I mean, if, at least if you had a full team of you know eleven starters and and it wasn't performing, you could maybe think, right, well, this isn't working and this isn't working. But it's hard to kind of rip up the blueprint when you know, there's just so many people missing because it's not a fair reflection of, it's not fair to judge the quadruple chasing side with a half fit side, if you, if you get what I'm trying to get out here. So, it, you know, I think we'll probably learn more in, in the coming weeks and, and months that whether this is, you know, a, an identity crisis or it's just a, you know, kind of a, a blip and something that's maybe out of Liverpool's control to an extent. I mean, Kiffy, you rightly touched on um, the, the burnout from, from the prior season. We're talking 63 uh, games spread across the the four competitions, and that's without even taking into account um, international commitments. I think Salah personally went over seventy games uh, due to his uh, commitments with with Egypt, and obviously making it to all the way through uh, to the African Cup of Nations, where he faced Sadio Mane's Senegal. Um, and that's again without then considering the emotional toll of all that. Um, so th- there's plenty of issues, certainly just beyond um, injuries, which uh, won't be music to Klopp or the coaching staff's uh, ears. Um, but Pete, do, do you think this burnout is sort of more of a a temporary sort of concern or do you think it's going to be the kind of hangover that Liverpool have to kind of get over and deal with over the course of the entire season? Yeah, well, I think obviously the main thing to blame is, is Pep Linders' book, apparently, if you listen to the <laughs> amount. But um, I think, yeah, it's... 
the burnout obviously does make sense. It's a shorter summer than we we've had because of obviously the World Cup coming up and they're obviously squeezing a lot of games in. You know, we're playing again Champions League next week and there's not really any time to recover. We've got a game with goals in the middle of it. I think we, we would be okay with our squad is all is all right, but the injuries have just meant that we can't rest anyone. It's just been so no stop start all season, you know. Allison hasn't even got his back up, and obviously we've got Adrian, but you know what I mean. Kelleher's not there. Um, Ramsey's not there back up Trent. We've had Matip and Kanate injured. Uh, in, in the middle, we know how many injuries we've had there. We've had up to five players out at the time, and nearly half of our midfield options gone. Up front, you know, Nunes, Firmino, Jota haven't been fully available. So every, although our team was good on paper, and it is, we haven't really had anyone who can come in and back someone up all the way other than Simicas at left-back, and you know, Klopp has done that when he said a few years ago he wanted the five subs. It always seemed to be that uh, Robertson was the one that he, he was always saying he wanted to bring off and freshen up. And, you know, he did that in the derby. And I wouldn't be surprised if we see that Calvin Ramsey, Simicas double sub happening quite regularly towards the end of the season. And I think, you know, it's just it's that inability to be able to mix it up at all. It's made them all look, you know, dead on their feet. You know, I think it's easy to criticise them. I don't think Trent Alexander-Arnold goes and represents Liverpool and doesn't put his heart and soul into it. You know, you'd say what you like about you know getting forward, getting back. Maybe he's not the best defensively, but you know, I think they are dead on the feet. Fabinho, I think he's getting unfair criticism. He seems to be doing a one-man midfield job for a lot of the times this season. So they just all need a rest, and we're not going to get one till the World Cup, and then most of them are in the World Cup anyway. So it's it's a little bit worrying, but. It's just these injuries, I think, I think still that's, the, that's the big crux of this issue, which, as I said, our players are fine, it's just that we can't rotate them, so hopefully a couple of weeks that the list gets smaller rather than bigger and we can really start mixing it up a bit and, and just get a bit more freshness back into the squad. Absolutely, we just had a comment here from uh, Mohamed Harris, uh, new formation, no more Milner and Gomez. Um <sighs> Keith, I find that the discussion around sort of options like Milner uh, and Henderson, criticism specifically, those pairs sort of specifically, uh, somewhat problematic when we're considering the reality that Klopp's working with the injuries and has had to make these sort of difficult decisions. Um, because ultimately, in a perfect world, uh, James Milner, while a perfect standard setter in the squad, um, shouldn't be starting all the games that he's been starting for Liverpool, especially not um, a Champions League a game, you know, the kind of player that ultimately we all respect sort of comes in the last 10, 15 minutes um, just to make sure that everyone sort of understands um, their roles and the importance of the game and, and you know, no, nothing sort of gets thrown away <laughs> late, later on. Um, but do you feel that sort of going forward, obviously there's a bit of difficulty with Thiago because we have to respect that he is just coming back from injury. Klopp isn't going to want to overload him um, sort of going into the rest of the season. You do have an option uh, a similar but not identical option in, in Artemelo. Um Is the decision for Klopp now going to be sticking that sort of technical operator in the middle of the park, um, even if it is Arta just to spare Thiago's legs uh, sort of throughout the season until he's back uh, up to a point where we can trust him on a regular basis as far as his general fitness is concerned? Or do, do you reckon sort of Klopp's going to more keep sticking with the likes of Milner um, for a while longer? Uh, I think it's spot on there. I think that the Milner criticism is, is, is wild. I mean, when you, yeah, you've you got a new deal in, in the summer. I don't think anyone 
anyone begrudge that. I mean, I think, you know, no one, I think everyone knew, sorry, that, you know, the deal was not with playing in mind, if that makes sense. It was, you know, as you say, with the standard setter and obviously to maybe do a job here and there, you know, you know, looking at the early rounds of the League Cup and the, and the FA Cup, you know, when, when you've probably got a few of the academy lads involved and, you know, kind of gives you that experience, which, you know, we've, we've seen and, you know, you only have to listen to kind of anyone who's been in and around the Liverpool squad over the past, you know, four or five years. Um, you know, it just speaks so highly of James Milner and kind of what he brings and, and kind of maybe what, that, that people don't see that. Um, and and yeah, I think now, obviously, he's signed the contract and at best, he's probably Liverpool's, what, seventh choice midfielder. I mean, you look at the minute, Kate is out, um, Henderson's out, Curtis Jones is out, obviously, Arthur Mello's getting up to speed, Thiago's just come back, um, Oxide Chamberlain as well. So he's probably sixth or seventh choice. And obviously, given kind of the extent of, of the kind of early season injuries, he has been forced, as you say, to, to play more games than, you know, he should have, um, which, you know, is not his fault. And, and yeah, obviously, you know, I think last night again was another one where his age probably showed. And, you know, the first time I kind of said it a couple of times this season is where his age, you know, he's 36 years old and that has shown. And that's not a criticism of him, you know, the fact that he's still in a Liverpool squad, you know, a quadruple chasing Liverpool squad only months ago at his age is, is absolutely, you know, a testament to him as a professional. But um, yeah, I mean, it'll be interesting to see what Klopp kind of does going forward. As you say, Arthur Mello's kind of coming in now and obviously got his first kind of minutes under his belt last night. Obviously, Thiago's coming back. Um, I mean, as, as I said earlier, like, Obviously, Klopp talks about reinventing himself if, if if they do kind of go to a 4-2-3-1, which obviously they did do in the second half of the derby when Firmino came on. I think they, they you know, if you look at kind of how Everton set up, which, which was what with uh, back three and, and wing backs, and you know, it was hard to kind of break them down as soon as kind of Firmino came on, sat in the hole, and, and you kind of had the, the front four, what it was. I think Liverpool looks, you know, loads better. They look miles better. There was fluidity there, I think, I think. You know, on another day, if it isn't for Pickford and his heroes, you know, Liverpool can easily, I know they can lose it, but they can easily probably win that 2 or 3 nil, given the chances that they did have. So it could be interesting to see, obviously, now if he does go to that 4 2 3 one and then obviously just has a two in mid- midfield. And, you know, if that's obviously Fabinho and you'd, you'd imagine in an ideal scenario, it's going to be Thiago, you know, kind of in what he gives you going a bit further up in, in terms of counter-pressing. And obviously then he can just kind of set that front four away and kind of let them do their stuff. But, um, I mean, obviously we haven't really seen... I can't remember last time I saw Liverpool line up in a 43 one. I think probably like Palace in lockdown when, when they won 7 0. That's off the top of my head. So, you know, to kind of do that overnight, you know, they'll have an off day today and they'll be back in training tomorrow. So, to do that with one day's notice ahead of, you know, the, the busiest Premier League fixture schedule in, in history is, is going to be a huge task. But obviously, we, we saw on, on, on Saturday at Goodison Park that it, it does have potential and there are obviously early signs that, it, you know, it does work. and you know, it kind of does offer a for Liverpool, you know, something different because, you know, obviously think since Coutinho left in, in what, January 2018, Liverpool, you know, played this 4-3-3, which, you know, has been absolutely brilliant. And, you know, there's been a transition, you know, from the likes of, you know, Wijnaldum to the to the, the, to the midfielders you have now in, in Harvey Elliott and Thiago. But, you know, maybe it's, it is, maybe it is time to try something new or or maybe just kind of play the card, play, play, uh, deal with the cards that you, you've kind of got in your hand at the minute, which obviously, you know, Liverpool have hardly got any, any midfielders available. So, you know, if you kind of can kind of, uh, you know, with Jota coming back and, and obviously Nunes coming back from suspension as well, if, if you've got a formation that obviously favours more attacking, you know, options, it, it, it might seem like a, a more logical thing to do. But, you know, who knows? It's um, certainly a difficult one. I, f- I feel like there is a, an identity crisis at the minute. So, um, you know, I just think like you look at last night and, and you know, Nunes comes on and, you know, he's, he's whatever he is, six foot five, and, he, and he's out on the wing putting crosses into, to, you know, to Diaz and that. And you think, like, you know, it should be the other, do you know what I mean, kind of thing. So um, I think that, that obviously all plays into it as well in, in, in kind of clock stinking if he goes with a, a front three or a front four. But 
you know, you just kind of hope that, you know, it can, like I said earlier, it can only get better. And obviously with the likes of Henderson coming back and, and, and kind of adding more stability to the midfield. I mean, even that in a 4-2-3-1, Henderson, Fabinho, obviously that's more than solid enough. And, you know, Thiago and Henderson, you know, that gives Fabinho the, kind of the rest that obviously Pete was saying that, you know, he, he desperately needs because he's just getting pulled from pillar to post. And, and you know, I think it was the... Uh, I think it was the third goal last night, wasn't it, where it was just that simple one-two and, you know, Fabinho, you just kind of look at him, there's, there's no recovery run. I mean, you could say the same for a few of them, but, you know, they're just dead on their feet and obviously something something does need to change. As we were talking about Fabinho, I'm glad you brought him up, Kiefer, um, because as we've sort of seen recently, and I think, you know, he, he was at fault to a certain extent uh, for Napoli's uh, second goal in the first half. Um, but in general, I think he's also attracted perhaps a fair bit more of his share of criticism um, than is warranted. Um, I think particularly, I, I think it was at the, was it, was it the game before, um, it was the game before Everton. I, I think there was a situation where um, Henderson is, Henderson Fabinho sort of caught uh, just ahead out of the box, Henderson out further. Uh, Fabinho watches his man and goes to press, makes the right decision. Henderson has to either fill the space behind him or go to the man if Fabinho doesn't make that decision to go to his man, does neither. And then Fabinho gets the blame for pressing his man. So I, I think, uh, apologies, I can't remember the specific game. I can remember the actual <laughs> game. But uh, uh, yeah, I, I think to a certain degree, a formation change would be risky, but warranted at this sort of stage in time. Pete, I, I don't know how you feel about it specifically sort of going into Wolves. You know, obviously we've got some tough games um, ahead, you know, Ajax, of course, who impressed in the Champions League against Rangers. And, of course, Chelsea. But, you know, they're going through a, a bit of discord at the moment, change of managers, um, but looking likely to get bring in Graham Potter uh, from Brighton, who's uh, certainly a, a very qualified and able coach. Um, so is the solution something as drastic as a formation change, you think? Or, or is it a matter of sort of uh, giving the players a, a kick on the backside, as Danny Murphy uh, suggested uh, today? Wow. It- as Kiefer said, it's hard to have the time to say, right, we're, we're playing this system or we're doing this instead. And, you know, it's, it is such a short amount of time up until Saturday. And Klopp's obviously going to have some ideas in the back of his head. You know, I'm sure as much as he has been staying loyal to 4 3 3, I'm sure he has got other things up his sleeve that he's happy to do and happy to try. But it's just because he said that we need to reinvent ourselves, that makes everyone think that he's going to do something drastic. And, it, it's hard to know what that drastic thing will be. You know, we have only got so many players we can use, and we want to make sure we win. But he's gonna try and get a reaction out of his players. You know, it feels like the midfield is an area that we're getting overrun in a bit at the moment. And you saw what Carragher said. It was, you know, it's not necessarily the defence's fault. What's happening? It's because there's no pressure in the midfield. Now the defence is still stepping up because that's probably what their instructions are to do so, and then that's allowing players to just have a free run at our goal and you know, it just seems so often that they, we just have players running on Allison, and he's got to save, save our bacon which thankfully he does do quite a few times but we, we shouldn't be putting him in that position it's hard to know what Klopp can do what, what he will do obviously he's saying a 4 2 3 one and the personnel we've got but I, I, yeah, I don't know what you would do more of a 4 4 2 diamond type thing I mean we should put an extra body in the middle and, and but when Firmino plays he basically is part of that midfield three at the moment and he's so yeah, thank God I'm not in charge, but I'm sure they'll have something up their sleeve for the weekend. And yeah, it's just I think we just want to see new, you know, younger players, new players get to give them a bit of a chance. This seems like the perfect time to let Arthur have the chance for Arthur. Sorry, 
you know, I'm not sure how fit Carvalho is going to be. It's you know, maybe we'd like to see him have a go, Harvey Elliott, and just try and rest a few people and know that we can come and change the game. We all want Thiago back. We all want Nunes scoring. Just try and get something that's going to get the confidence going. And but well, at the moment, you can only really trust Luis Diaz, I think, to to pull out a big performance. And yeah, we'll just have to see what happens. No, absolutely, absolutely. I mean, going into to Wolves there, Keith. Uh, Pete's made a good point about uh, Carragher's sort of tactical um, analysis from last night on CBS. And um, we were sort of urging, I suppose, Klopp to compromise uh, some of the sort of recent sort of tactical values, particularly with regard um, to the high line specifically, instructed them to, rather than rigidly stick to the offside trap when the midfield is failing to be an effective barrier in front of it, to take a yard or two, you know, back um, to anticipate any sort of you know overhead balls runs through, do Liverpool need to really sort of compromise their values in this regard? I think it's it's very it's looking very hard at the moment to argue against uh, that. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I mean, after what was it forty three seconds last night, and, and Victor Osman was running for own goal, they they broke the lines already, and that kind of just you know set the, set the tone for the evening, didn't it? Kind of thing. And obviously, he, he didn't score that chance, but you know they they had joy kind of all night running running through the lines and. I think it was the the third goal that Simeone scored as a still, which we just saw like this morning, and it was just like the line, and it's just all over the place. And obviously that's not a high line; it was you know on the edge of the box, but it just kind of shows that kind of the dysfunctional unit kind of that they're all operating at the minute. And I think it was quite telling that if you listen to to Robertson's um, post game interview on BT, and you know amongst many other things, he said the the one kind of thing was that it was about pressing and it was about you know backing up mates one. You know, if someone presses, you need to, to be you know five yards behind him and, and make sure there isn't that gap because if they do beat the press and and that's what Napoli had so much joy with last night, didn't they? Putting the ball on the channels and and running off Gomez and I mean you know Gomez didn't cover covering it cover himself in glory for that for that one which he should have just passed out of play, but he got tackled into and Van Dijk obviously makes the clearance and recovery, but you know I, I can understand and I think Carragher said it a couple of times in the past, hasn't he, about the high line and. Um, might have been during the, the, the might have been uh, January twenty twenty one. Um, you know, with, with the whole defensive crisis, I think I think we're going for a similar highlight with, with Kabak and Phillips and, and Fabinho and Henderson, whoever else is playing at the back. And I've, I do remember Carragher saying something similar, which obviously it, it makes sense because obviously you know, obviously at that time, that moment in time, obviously you had Kabak and Phillips who you know obviously not got the athleticism of, of Gomez and you know, Van Dijk or, or even of Matic. So, obviously, Liverpool did adapt in, in kind of the weeks and, and months after that. Um, and obviously, ultimately did, you know, did get the season back on track, obviously qualified for the Champions League. And, you know, it might take something at the minute to, to kind of do something similar. And, and even if it's just, you know, I think if the midfield's more compact, I think that, that, that issue isn't there. And obviously, it sounds dead obvious because, you know, if you have if you have two men pressing pressing the ball in, in quick succession and, you know, they, they, they you know, an opposition beats one player, then the other player's there. They don't even have that chance to, to line up the ball over the top or down the line. So I think there's probably a few um, a few a few other stages to, to kind of look at before you probably change your high line because I think you know if if you kind of drop that back by five yards and then the field's got to come back and you know kind of the the, the way that the, the cumulative impact that has on the rest of the, the, the team. But you know, like I say, with 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 Thiago coming back, he's probably you know Liverpool's best counter presser in midfield. I probably wouldn't. Wouldn't hesitate on. Sorry, I wouldn't. I wouldn't be uh, dropping the, the line just yet. You know, if if Thiago is getting pulled from pillar to post on Saturday and then against Tuesday on Ajax, then then maybe I, I would look at that. But for the minute, I think you know, I think Liverpool should probably keep it as it is because obviously they've kind of gone through this worst period now. Obviously, players are starting to come back. Obviously, it sounds like Henderson will be back after the international break. 
Um, I mean, you know, Saturday, obviously, I know Wolves aren't exactly, you, you know, they haven't had a great start to the season, but they don't concede that many goals. And that's kind of been the one thing on the Bruno Lodge. They don't score many, they don't concede many, they, they do draw a lot of games. But, you know, every, that, that game on Tuesday against Ajax is absolutely massive now, obviously, having, having been thumped 4-1. Um, so, you know, you really need to kind of hit the ground running on Saturday to kind of, you know, put a bit of confidence back in, back in the team because it's such a quick turnaround. You know, what is it, two, two, two games in, in five days, whatever it is. And, you know, if, if you don't win that one against Saturday on Wolves and, and then there's kind of a hangover going into Anfield on Tuesday, it's, it's the last thing that anyone needs. And, and certainly the players and, and certainly, you know, the likes of Jota who are coming back, Thiago who are coming back, if, if they've not had, had a great outing or a great game, so to speak, um, you know, you do worry what, what what that could do. And then obviously you've got Chelsea, haven't you, at the end of the, end of the international break, who, who've just obviously appointed Graham Potter. Obviously, I think it'll probably be his... Will be his first Premier League home game. I'm, I'm not sure they've got in the Champions League next week, but you know, obviously there'll be a, a huge reception for him there, kind of thing. They'll have a undoubtedly, undoubtedly a new manager bounce. Um, so you know, it's it's going the, the three tough games. You know, in in isolation, you know, if you kind of look at them individually, that they're, they're winnable. But as as a, as a three, they all offer different things, don't they? Obviously, like I say, Wolves, you know, going to be an, a difficult side to break down, and Liverpool struggled with that this season. Obviously, they've had so much possession, but it's just kind of been in and around it the kind of 18-yard box that their failings have they've kind of come short. So, you know, it is, it is a really difficult period at the minute and you're just kind of hoping that they can kind of navigate these next three games and, you know, just, you know, especially especially the two league games. I mean, I think we would have enough in the other four Champions League games if they didn't win on against Ajax. But, um, yeah, you'd, you'd think the two league games, you know, at least, you at least need four points from them and anything, you know, anything other than that is, is going to be disastrous, I think. Whilst I've got you, Keith, uh, um, can I grab a score prediction uh, from you? You're feeling optimistic? For Wolves on Saturday? Um, <laughs> uh, I'll go 2 0. I was just thinking, will they score? I mean, it depends, doesn't it, if Costa plays. I mean, he's obviously going to score at Anfield. You might as well just get that out of the way now. Um, but I think 2 0. I think. I think there's a few changes I'd probably put in there as well. Obviously, you'd probably start Thiago, maybe maybe throw Arthur into there. So it's a nice game. It's a game you're going to have a lot of the ball. Um, I, I think you could do worse things than throw a Jota in there, maybe. I think, you know, Salah's kind of looked at a shadow of himself in, in recent weeks. I think, you know, um, if you'll get Jota in there, I think that'd be brilliant because I think people have forgotten how good, how good he was for Liverpool at times last season, obviously. Dropped off after January, didn't he? But, you know, that first half of the season, you know, he was, he was absolutely brilliant and you know, that versatility in attack is, is kind of what Liverpool could do with at the minute, you know, with, with Salah not, you know, performing and firing on all cylinders. But I think Liverpool will have enough to, to win on Saturday. Obviously, it's a tight turnaround. Obviously, they will be knackered from, from obviously the travelling and, and obviously just going up from Naples. Um, but, you know, fingers crossed. I'd, I'd say a confident 2-0. Massively underappreciated at times, uh, Diego Jota. That, that again, equally, if you're saying there's a game that, you know, Salah almost has to score in, it would be home to Wolves. He needs the goals. He needs a confidence boost. Liverpool could use the confidence boost. Uh, Pete, Keith has gone for a 2-0. Are you going to one-up him here? I just said nine, so I can stay loyal to that. But, um, <laughs> yeah, I think... It's, I don't think we'll give a clean sheet, unfortunately. So I'll say 3-1, but I still think, you know... I want to remain positive. I'm not saying that we will. That scoreline will happen, but I'd like to think we're going to sort this out soon. You know, the team hasn't changed much from as we said before. There were two games from winning a quadruple, and no matter what, they won a double last year. So they are, we've got a very good team 
we've only lost four games this calendar year, and there was only a, a few months left of it. Fingers crossed, it doesn't it doesn't add to it and make it number five. But I just think yeah, we we should have enough. The crowds we've been all right at Anfield this season. You know, it's been everywhere else, obviously in the Palace game. But even then, we we were quite unlucky not to to come away with come away with a victory. And let, let's just hope it builds us up. And you know, having two of them back to back, I mean, the Champions League game coming. Yeah, I just I'd like Nunes cop end. I think you know, I, th- I think Salah has got enough in his lock. I think he'll, he'll benefit Nunes the most and hopefully calm him down a bit. But yeah, I'll say let's go for Nunes Hatrick 3 1. One game perfect. Oh, the king, the king of optimism himself, and Nunes <laughs> Hatrick would absolutely love to see it at home. I'm, I'm going to go smack bang right in the middle of the both of you. I'm going to go for a 2 1. I'm optimistic for the win, but I, I don't think Liverpool will keep a clean sheet. Hope to be proven wrong. Uh, but, you know, again, we'll see. Plenty of factors here at play. We've got key men gradually coming back into the squad. Thiago has been a big, big miss uh, for Jurgen Klopp. And hopefully he can prove to be just decisive coming back into the squad. Uh, Kiefer, before we go, thank you very much for coming on again. And any uh, anything you'd like to share with uh, our fans here on the pod? Any exciting projects coming underway at the Liverpool Echo? Um, we've got some stuff coming out um, this weekend uh, the, the, the Women's Super League went down to Prenton Park yesterday morning um, you know that was really good obviously big season for Liverpool women's back in the big time for two years out um, you know seems like there's a, a really positive you know attitude and, and kind of obviously given what happened with the, the women's the Lionesses during the summer it feels like you know it could be a really big uh, you know WSL season for every kind of every team and obviously kind of across the board so that's you know certainly something to look forward to and I think like I say there's a lot of positive uh you know, a lot of excitement as well within the, the squad. Obviously, they play at Anfield next month in the Merseyside derby, so that'll be exciting. And then a few other things in the pipeline. Can't say too much at the minute, but you know, hopefully, a, a few uh, more exclusives to come in in, in the coming weeks. So, yes, plenty of stuff to keep in it. Keep me busy. <laughs> Lovely stuff. We love to hear it. And of course, you can follow Kiefer at Kiefer MacD on Twitter and keep track of everything that's happening with Kiefer specifically and, of course, the Liverpool Echo. Uh, for now, of course, drastic measures potentially on the way for Liverpool. Formation change, Thiago starting, Arta starting. Who knows? But we know something's going to change. Klopp's going to want a reaction at Anfield and get three more points on the board in the Premier League. Hopefully, some cause for optimism there. Uh, We've been Peter Kenny-Jones, The Echoes, Kiefer McDonald. I've been your host, Farrell Keeling, and we've been the Empire of the Cop podcast. Take care. See you next week.